Well, hey guys, glad to be back. <clears throat> Happy almost New Year. Merry Christmas. Hope your Christmas was awesome. Uh, man, lots happened for me, as I'm sure it did for you, which we will get into over the course of the next month. Uh, but today is our last day of 2018, so I wanted to make sure and get back for this with the podcast, because I've heard a lot of people saying, you know, good riddance 2018, take a hike. Uh, I don't know why, but it seems like more than any other year I've heard that. And yeah, I for sure had a weird year, <laughs> a lot to look back on. And maybe that's just the, the reminder is remember, don't just move on, right? Don't just Put it in the past, forget about it. Let's hope 2019 doesn't suck. Um, you got to reflect on it. Really, it's just necessary. Reflect on your past year, all the stuff that you thought was crappy, all the stuff that you thought was fair, wasn't fair, you fell back into the same patterns or something unexpected happened. Whatever happened over the course of this past year, reflect on it, learn from it. Right? Experience doesn't make you wiser. Learning from experience makes you wiser. And so, yeah, that was one of the reasons I started this podcast was so that we would begin to kind of program our brains to learn from everyday occurrences. So as you go through life, that's a good exercise to get into. Just pretend that you have to turn experiences into podcast segments right? Everyday things that happen. What are the teaching or learning points that you can pull from life? And that way you will be somebody who just naturally processes, naturally debriefs, naturally learns. And therefore, five years down the road, you will be five years more experienced, five years wiser, as opposed to just kind of coasting through life and um, yeah, nothing ever changes. So this is us as a collective saying, we will learn from 2018 and we'll be wiser, more experienced us's going into the next year. Speaking of which, sorry I've been out for a while. Uh, I've been feeling pretty awful. You can probably still hear it in my voice. Um, yeah, normally just feeling bad wouldn't stop me from doing the podcast, but I haven't had a voice. I've been completely stopped up. It's been a huge bummer. And you know why? Because of those little gremlin kids I've got. As soon as the weather shifts, and believe me, in Orange County, it doesn't shift much, right? The rest of the country is so frustrated with Orange County because it hits 50 degrees and we put chains on our tires. And we're like, nobody go outside. Um, but all the kids get sick. And if my kids get it, and then they come home, then it's just game over. Right? I don't even have a prayer. It's that sickness and my kids and us all in this little apartment. Like it's just, it's like twenty people playing freeze tag in a racquetball court. Right? It's just everything bumping into each other, and it's just, it's gonna happen. So here's what I found out. Here's one of my learnings from this little sick season. My kid was sick. Actually, all three were sick, but whatever. Whenever my kid says to me, it was Gage in this instance, 
Uh, he's my just-turned-a-six-year-old boy. And he said, Dad, I'm sick. And he's crying, right? Tears in his eyes. Dad, I'm sick. Can you sleep with me? Right? Or can you hold me? Can you cuddle with me? And the answer is always yes. <laughs> always. Like, the answer is always yes. I know the consequences. I get it. No matter how much I try to avoid it and think maybe I won't get sick, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to wake up and somehow Gage is going to have turned and be coughing directly down my throat. <laughs> that just happens somehow. I'm like, Gage, how are you spitting into my mouth? That's not even a human instinct. <laughs> but it just happens. I know I'm going to get sick, but I can't say no. And I don't know why it is, but for some reason, this situation, more than any other, I kind of play in my mind like a future interview with my son or with my daughter. And I just picture them saying, no matter what, my dad was there. You know? Uh, kind of just thinking, this will be the thing that really solidifies the unconditional love piece, I guess, in their life. Um... One of my favorite bits of TV ever is an ESPN 30 for 30 special. If you've never seen 30 for 30s, uh, you need to. They're phenomenal. Just these short films that ESPN made. Originally, it was 30 films by 30 different directors, but they were so successful, they just kept going. And the one I'm talking about is called Survive in Advance. And it is just one of the most inspirational hour and a half of TV you'll ever see. It's about Jim Valvano. Now, he was the NC State coach who is just this larger-than-life personality, and this everybody loved him. Uh, he eventually died from cancer. If you've ever heard Jimmy V Week, that's Jim Valvano. That's what it's about. It's talking about him. And, oh, man, the 30 for 30 is, is inspiring. But one of the parts of the show that stuck with me is when... Jim Valvano says uh, in this interview that he's giving to a college or whatever, he says, the greatest gift I ever got, and this guy's stage presence is just otherworldly, the greatest gift I ever got, I call it the gift my father gave me. And he says, uh, he's, uh, I won't keep doing the Jim Valvano voice, it actually takes way more energy <laughs> than I have. Um, but he says, when I was first a coach, I told my dad that we were going to the NCAA tournament. And his dad told him, said, All right, son, my bags are packed. Uh, and then, turns out, the team that Jim Valvano was coaching finished dead last in the conference. <laughs> Not even a chance to go to the tournament. Next year, okay, very next year, he's coaching the same team. Norm, like, there's no more promise from their roster. They haven't gotten any studs in, but... Valvano tells his dad the same thing. This is the year, Dad. We're going to the we're going to the big dance. And his dad said again, "My bags are packed. My bags are packed. I'm ready." And that was the gift that Jimmy V was talking about. He said the gift my father gave me was the gift of always being there. He was always there. He was always believing in me. He always said my bags are packed. Didn't matter how much the deck was stacked against me. My dad said, I'll always be there for you. And man, I play that scene in my mind all the time. 
And when my kids ask me to hold them when they're sick, or to cuddle with them, or to sleep beside them, the answer is always yes. It's always yes. Um, yeah, because I don't know. I don't know if me cuddling up with my sick boy is going to register in his memory bank on down the road. But I care about it. I really care about that. And there are some things where the answer is always yes, you know? I think it speaks to like your supreme priority. What is your supreme priority? Um, now, I'm not going to be an idiot here, right? I'm not. I've had big days or weeks or presentations or messages coming up that are important. And I'm not saying just be stupid. Don't just, you know, offer to have your kids spit in a cup and drink it. <laughs> but um, it's always good to have a handle on your highest priorities, right? It's, it's good to know where your priorities are. Stand. I was actually watching Shark Tank once, uh, and I think it was Mark Cuban, actually, who gave this woman, before he decided to do business with her, this hypothetical situation and said, all right, what if you have a huge impromptu meeting with a potential client, and it just happens to be on your kid's birthday? What do you do? And this lady said... My family knows, you know, I'm going to have to have sacrifice for the business. So I go to the meeting and Cuban was like, okay. And like nodded like, all right, you convinced me. Um, I don't know why that broke my heart. Uh, I don't think that that's always the wrong decision, really. But uh, when I was working at my last job, I was working for my buddy, Caleb Anderson, who I'm now in business with. And I told him, I actually told him this. I said, look, I'm not going to be an idiot here, okay? I'm not, I'm not going to be careless. I'm not going to look for ways to screw things up. But you need to know, if my kid says, Daddy, I'm sick, can you lay with me? That the answer is always going to be yes. I don't know. There's a certain peace that came from verbalizing that, you know? If he would have said, take a walk right? Uh, sorry, man, this, you're in the wrong job. I could have lived with that, I think, knowing that I was standing firm on a conviction that I had. So yeah, I don't know. That's what I thought of through this sixth season. And I'm curious for you listening, what your, the answer is always going to be yes, convictions are. You know, what are the things that the answer is always going to be yes? What are your supreme priorities? And I'm curious if you've ever verbalized them to the people who are close to you. If you've ever kind of spoken out loud and now your support team, your network of people who walk through life with you can be a part of your accountability to remind you what you verbalized your highest priorities to be. Determine your the answer is always going to be yes convictions and speak them out to the people who hold you accountable through life. Um, now, I know you can't probably phrase it quite like that. You know, it would seem just way inappropriately aggressive if you walked into work out of nowhere and said, you need to know that the answer is always yes to my kids. And they're like, what just happened? But, you know, consider finding ways to verbalize what your top priorities are. There really is a lot of peace that comes in that and just speaking it out. Maybe it's because I've had 
so many just convictions or New Year's resolutions that in my mind I thought I'm probably going to fail at this, so I don't want to speak it out loud because if I don't speak it out loud, then I'm not really failing at it (laughs) or people don't know that I'm bailing on it. But there is a beautiful accountability and stick-to-itiveness when you speak it out loud. So anyway, that's that's my inspiration uh, to you. So I did that. Lay down, homeboy. And of course I get sick because Gage finds a way to breathe hot air onto my uvula. And um, after I get sick, that's where things get weird for our family. Because my wife is like, you know, you should deal with that holistically. And I'm like, oh no, here it comes. Yeah, why don't you look into holistic remedies? Which essentially means look for a remedy void of anything that actually works. I think that's what holistic means. In the original Greek, holistic means doesn't work. Or maybe it does but it works like five years down the road, right? How long is this going to take, this holistic approach? I'm not trying to suck on a eucalyptus leaf for two days, you know, or farm my own honey or whatever. (laughs) You got to use bees that are indigenous to your zip code and then farm your own honey. I'm like, no, I don't, I've got a real life here. (laughs) I don't, me personally, I don't care about lasting effects. I don't care if it does permanent damage to the rest of my organs. Just give me something that immediately takes care of my current problem. <laughs> That's funny. I maybe just realize that it takes very little to mix up my priorities. I feel like in the heat of the moment, all I can think about is fixing what is wrong right then. You know, <laughs> if somebody was like, hey, Graham, we can fix your Wi-Fi but uh, you're going to go blind when you're 50. I'd be like, 50? You kidding me? Who cares? (laughs) I don't even want to see anything after I'm 50, right? Fix that Wi-Fi. So that's all it took. I'm like, dude, I will swallow bottles of medicine as long as I can get unstopped up right now. And yes, you know, we're essential oil users, so that always comes into play. And my wife is all about them. I tried to talk her out of it at the beginning. But after about three weeks, realized, you know, you can't beat them, join them. This, there's nothing you can do. So I, I was like, all right, I guess we're an essential oil family, which is awesome. So I tried to get into it a little bit and, you know, learn some of the names of the whatever the oils try to sound knowledgeable one night actually my wife was having an hold your laughter here an essential oil party i kid you not that's a thing so i walk in and there are like 20 women and they're all talking to each other and they're really excited and i like to use lemon and paprika for athlete's foot or whatever (laughs) Paprika is probably not one of them, but <laughs> so I try to get into it. You know, I'm like, hey, man, I, I know what's going on. So I say to the room, I like, hey, I'd like to stay, but I kind of have a headache. So I'm going to go upstairs and diffuse some deep blue. And then I was just met with uproarious laughter 
And all these, like, 20 women are like, oh my god, you don't diffuse deep blue. <laughs> you use direct contact with deep blue. <laughs> and they're all, like, high-fiving each other while I'm just hang my head and walk upstairs. I was like, all right, well, never caring about that again. <laughs> Until the other day, actually, I was looking through the essential oils. I saw one is called frankincense. Frankincense. Isn't that, was one of the wise men trying to lure Christ into a pyramid scheme? Is that what, you can't do that, wise man. <laughs> How crazy is that? That really devalues that story for me. That this dude just presented Christ with a little vat of essential oil. Not even a diffuser. Shame on you. Alright, here's a challenge for today. Um... Kind of going back to the um, determine your, the answer will always be yes things and speaking them out loud. Um, I would encourage you to determine what it is, maybe even more than what they are, determine who the people are. Uh, who are the people that are your top priorities? Who are the people that are your, the answer will always be yes people? And I would challenge you to actually verbalize it to that person. It will mean so much to that person. And I think that it will mean something to you. It did. And the reason I'm challenging this is because uh, that night I lied down next to my boy who was crying and hurting. And I said, quote, son, if you need me to hold you, the answer will always be yes. <laughs> I don't know if he understood me or not. But man, it really felt good to say that. So, for you, you know, to say to your spouse, uh, say, I don't know if I've actually ever said this, but if you ever need me, the answer will always be yes. <laughs> like, say that. Say to a friend in another state, right? Say, hey, just so you know, even though we live in different states, if you ever need me there, just say the word, because the answer will always be yes. Um, whoever that person is, text them. Tell them. Put it on their social media. Just speak it out, because it feels good. It's good for the soul to reaffirm your top priorities. All right. Well, that's good for today. Sorry for the raspy voice, guys. Hopefully it will continue to get better. Um, and we'll try again tomorrow.